Welcome to the Monkey House. It's me here in the year 2024. And I'm about to be in Sydney and Brisbane. Sydney from the 8th to the 12th of May. Brisbane from the 16th to the 19th of May doing my show, Drier Drier, at the respective comedy festivals in those cities. But I'm also, uh, while I'm up there, I figured I had a couple of days to kill. So I'm doing a Who Knew It With Matt Stewart on Monday the 13th of May at the Chippendale Hotel and in Brisbane at Good Chat Comedy on the 14th of May. And you can get tickets for all of that. Now, go to mattstewartcomedy.com for the links. mattstewartcomedy.com. Now, on with the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates Podcast, the podcast where we go through primates and popular culture from chimpanzee all the way down to chimpanzee. This week, I'm joined by a very special guest, first time primate, it's DJ Levens. <laughs> it's me, uh, Andrew even, DJ. D, the D in DJ stands for the D in the middle of Andrew. Is Yeah, so you are publicly known, people know your first name is Andrew. Yeah, I guess. I don't think I've ever heard anyone refer to you as Andrew. I'm mostly known as, as Levens. My my mum calls me Andrew, my grandma, my dad calls me Levins, and my sisters call me Levins. So when I was a kid, if you there if, were four Andrews in my in my grade. Right. One got Andrew, one got Andy, one got Drew, and I got Levins. I think Levins is the best of those by far. So when I had kids, I was like, we have to think of names that are cooler than than Levins. So that like you know the world just doesn't default to calling them Levins too. I don't know. I reckon that's a real gift you give them. <laughs> Levins. We tried anyway. Little Levins. <laughs> yeah, I like Levens a lot. The first time I met you was at the Meredith Music Festival, and uh, later that night, uh, you played a great set. Uh-huh. It caused a lot of controversy. It did. Um, which, I, I mean, I was unaware of until like a week later when I saw a lot of um, articles online. Yeah, it was uh, one of those things where, and it was before this became the norm. So I, I basically, I played like, a, I was booked to play a big, dumb party set. And I interpreted that as just playing like a bunch of classic songs and a bunch of new songs and like kind of songs that I would play in clubs. Um, and uh, I played some dancehall songs, some reggae songs. And in, in amongst those songs, I played a pop song with a dancehall beat belonging to Justin Bieber, the song Sorry. It's a jam. I love that song. I still do. But um, people started booing. So, oh, right. Well, like like three people. Right. And, and so I pulled the mic down and I said, fuck anyone who doesn't love Bieber. <laughs> and then that got written about in the newspaper and like mostly Geelong-based residents uh, targeted my Facebook page wow. for a while um, saying mostly mostly they just wanted to call me a flog, which is something I've never been called before. Yeah, that, that's a real AFL culture thing, I think. Right. Flog. That's big on like Triple M football talkback. Uh, they'll there you go. You're a flog. What a flog. Yes, yeah, so old I, AFL players love using flog. I got I got called that for a while. 
That's and, wild. Yeah, and then it just kind of spiraled out and people started writing articles about the outrage. And, of course, I'm one of those people that, like, I can't ignore. Like, I know that you're meant to. You know, Don't people, feed the trolls. Exactly. A lot of our friends that, go, that do radio are, you know, educated to never feed the trolls, but I gave them so much and uh, I, it just it, it went way too big right. for something so stupid and small. Yeah, yeah. playing a song yeah. at a festival in the middle. It would have been like 1am or something, 2am. Yeah. And well, the, my favourite thing about that set was pretty last minute they asked you if you had any um, uh, visuals and you sent them 11 photos of Pluck a Duck. Yeah, they were like, you know, what, what do you want to put behind you? And I was like, oh, I don't really have anything. Can I just send you like some pictures? They're like, oh, yeah. And so I just Googled um, Pluck a Duck who was, uh, how the fuck do you describe <laughs> Pluck a Duck? Like, yeah, like a game show sidekick from a variety show in the 90s. Called Hey Hey It's Saturday. And so Pluck a Duck was this game segment where – uh, you had to like he, basically Plucker Duck is a man in a duck suit with a cap on, and he used to always do the ridgy didge fingers, yes, or the shucker. Um, and uh, he would at one point ride a bike, and the bike would then move a big wheel, which would then move a, a, a bunch of ducks that were hanging from the ceiling, and you had to grab a duck or pluck a duck. <laughs> And then when you pulled the pants off the duck, it had the number. And then they were like, you want a washing machine? Yep. But me and uh, Angus, who I do Hey Fam, my podcast with, um, Angus started uh, Pluck a Duck Memes, which was the greatest meme page on the internet for a hot minute, many hot minutes. Um, and so like it was already an ongoing kind of joke that I would right. contribute to. And then I was like, fuck it, we'll just do it all Pluck a Duck. And so, yeah, for the first... I think for the first like couple minutes, I didn't see it because I was obviously DJing. But it, you would you'd know better than I do. But they cycled through all these pictures yeah. of Plucker Duck like repeatedly for a few minutes, and then they started putting weird effects on them. So it was just like <laughs> there's like slow <laughs> zoom into like this dude in a duck costume. Oh, it was the best. I think I was so taken by that that I entirely missed the Bieber incident. <laughs> and it's funny that yeah, it feels like that should be that. No one mentioned that at all. No, but playing one Bieber song that is pretty good. Well, I mean, you know, Geelong residents are like, yeah, a duck, a man in a duck suit on on a screen, fine, fine, okay, Bieber, another Saturday Bieber, night, Bieber on a on a dancehall beat, no, nah, no good. Well, anyway, I think that's a pretty good introduction to who you are, <laughs> uh, and you've come in today really with maybe the, the perfect topic for you, mixing all your loves, uh, comics and music and primates to come into the one Gorillas band. <laughs> that's right, the the triangle. Yeah. That's where you, yeah, exactly in that tri-state intersection is where you belong. Um, so did, the gorillas are banned, and this is something I didn't realize until the last couple of days, they're not actually gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what have I done? I know, I thought, I did think that they were a band of gorillas, but no, they're humans. Yeah, and they've used less and less primate imagery as their, as their career has continued. Right. So you, you can pull the plug on this at any point. <laughs> yeah, great. Because they started out like their first um, recording studio was Kong Studios. Yep, that's right. I guess we should explain a little bit. I've got this uh, paragraph off of their Wikipedia. So pretty deep research has gone into this. Uh, I thought I'd read this out for people who don't aren't familiar with them. Uh, this is what it says. Gorillas are an English virtual band created in 1998 by musician Damon Albarn and artist Jamie Hewlett. The band primarily consists of four animated members, 2D, uh, Murdoch Nichols, Noodle and Russell Hobbs. Their fictional universe is explored through music videos, interviews, and other short cartoons. In reality, Alban is the only permanent musical co- uh, contributor and often collaborates with other musicians. That's a pretty good summary. Yeah, definitely. It did. It left out two key 
parts, though, and that is who Damon Albarn and Jamie Hewlett are. Right. And do you know who they are? Well, Damon Albarn is a Britpop god. Yep. The front man of Blur. and The polar opposite of the Gallaghers. Right. So, yeah, that was always the big, uh, that was sort of the Beatles and Rolling Stones of the 90s. Yeah, he was the yin to their yangs. Right. And then there was um, Jarvis Cocker in between somewhere. <laughs> One of the dots, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I was going to say Hewlett Packard, but that's not his name. <laughs> Jamie Hewlett is an artist. And I read that he met Damon in the early 90s, maybe even in 1990 when, uh, is it Brian Coxon? The, his Blur bandmate introduced him to him. Right. And they, uh, Hewlett interviewed Blur. And that's how they met and they formed a relationship. And then uh, as Blur was coming to an end almost, or were they already finished? I mean, they, they, both Gorillaz and Blur have kind of like come and gone right. throughout their careers, had long long breaks, and that's why Gorillaz began to begin with. But Jimmy Hewlett is famous for creating Tank Girl. Right. And he had a magazine called Deadline, which is what he interviewed uh, Damon Albarn for to begin with. And the two actually didn't get on at all. He thought Damon Albarn was a wanker. Oh, right. Interesting. Yeah. That's great. So Tank Girl's big. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. And that's that's still I hear, hear that talked about still. I regularly uh, dip into the Tank Girl universe on serious issues, my comic book podcast, because um, we read all the new number ones each time they come out. Right. And Tank Girl will put out like a, a, a six issue miniseries. Um, Jamie Hewlett's not involved anymore, but they love to recycle his old art, and they've been re releasing some of his original stuff. Um, I've never really gelled with the character of Tank Girl that much, even though she is Australian and hot like me. Yeah, and uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's like a, a, a kind of punky Australian girl who's frequently topless fighting uh, alongside kangaroos and fighting kind of like big right. businesses and stuff like that. What's the tank part? She often is in a tank. Right. Okay. That makes or sense. a tank top. That makes it's all clicked into gear now. I get it. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so I had no idea that that it's not Australian, but it's based in Australia. So yeah, he's UK artist. So it's probably all this sort of slightly weird versions of Australia. Yeah, and especially revisiting, like, like you know, you revisit any comic from the eighties, and there's always some things like, oh, this would not fly today. Right. There's a lot of uh, Aboriginal characters in there that you're just like, oh no, why is this? Why was this put to print? Right. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's in print. Yep. And and, and they're still re-releasing it undoctored, like those weird uh Tintin in the Congo uh re-releases. Oh right. Have you read that shit? No. So like <laughs> Tintin is like the most like like racially insensitive cartoon ever, if you go back to its roots and like And that it's got a lot of competition. I mean, even early Disney. Yeah, and... yeah, no, I think Tintin probably takes the cake. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, hang on a second. You're not some sort of PC crusader, are you? <laughs> Well, actually, yeah, the J in DJ, obviously the D is from the D, and Andrew J is from the SJW. Right, okay. Yeah, DJ Levin. Like You're all together. about justice. That's right. <laughs> Online Which, only. Okay. Well, I think that's okay. Um, in the IRL, obviously. In the IRL, you know, <laughs> shit happens. So gorilla, did did you grow up liking gorillas? Because, I mean, they came up in the in the 90s when you would have been probably discovering music yeah, and so stuff. My my favourite, I loved Britpop. I loved Blur. Um, and I loved when Blur got a bit more kind of experimental. Um, that album Thirteen. Yeah. Um, do you know that one that's got it, Tender on it? Yeah, the one where they're all in the in the room singing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A song that goes for ages. Yeah, that one's really. Good. I sing that to my son to talk. Is it like it was only favorite songs to sing at night time? Oh, that's a that is a great song. Um, and uh, but then there's also some really noisy songs on that, like B L U R E M I stuff like that. Um, of course, Beetle Bum from that era as, era as well. Like that's those are my preferred things to like the kind of like. Really, really soppy Britpop, right? You know, 
lived in a house, very big house. They, because it does feel like they had a lot more range than uh, Oasis, probably. Totally, and that's why you know people chose Oasis or or or, um, or Blur based off of you know if you want if you want the same album over and over again, just keep listening to Oasis. Right. If you want a band that grows and as the members themselves grow apart, and then they bring weird sounds back from their time away from the group. That's yeah. Kind of, yeah. So it's going to be probably more hit and miss, but you're going to the hits are going to be more uh, satisfying. Yeah, and then I guess critics stopped paying attention to Oasis almost altogether. Like as a, it's still the same record, right? You know. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing that that does seem to be a, the two ways bands can go. I guess you either stick with what you know or you evolve. Yeah, totally. Or you take drugs. Yeah, <laughs> like see what happens. ACDC sort of went down the repeat, rinse yep. and repeat path. And then I don't know what the equivalent of ACDC is. Yeah, I mean, hard rock probably isn't super known for getting too experimental. Uh, who's Apart from the same time? The Bee Gees. Yeah, Bee Gees. They definitely, they they didn't start in the disco. They, you know, they went with it. And then they came out the other side. They evolved. They did. Evolve or die. That's what uh, Barry Gibb always said to me. And also a very, really important factor when you are a primate. Yes. Evolution. That's true. That's good. I'm glad you're here to get me back onto the topic of this bloody podcast. Do you have a favorite primate? Um, so I have a book um, that I, uh, before I sing um, Blur to my son, I always read two books, two, two books, two songs, off you go to bed. Um, two books, two songs. That's yeah. a good deal. One of the books, one of my favorite authors, and he's been my favorite author since I was a kid too, is someone that draws a lot of monkey-based books. His name is Anthony Brown. Um, he's most famous for doing the books Willie the Wimp. <gasps> I love Willie the Wimp. Yeah. That was one of my favorite books as a kid. And I've heard uh, since because I was looking into it, I'm like, I want to do an episode on, on this guy. And, yeah, people see it now as being a bit problematic because it, it starts, it's all about a chimp, yep. right? And, he, and he's a wimp and he's bagged out. He's um, bullied a lot at school. So he gets a – there's an ad in a newspaper or something. Yeah, to so get, get, get big and tough. Get pumped, get swole. Like a gorilla. And yeah, like a gorilla, and he changes it. He changes himself to find acceptance, and apparently that's. I mean, I guess it isn't the best message. No, but he's still like same old Willie, right? And there's and there's also like you know the, the continuity of those books is all over the shop because sometimes he's big, sometimes he's small. Um, so I think we're fine. Okay, I think, great. I think uncancel Willie the Wimp. But maybe it is okay for a chimp cartoon chimp to. Get big. I think so. Okay, great. He still walks into a pole and and apologizes to it at the end of the book, I think. Right. So he hasn't changed. What a wimp. (laughs) But a nice man. Uh, And anyway, Anthony Brown, one of the books he's written is called One Gorilla, and it goes up to ten. So it's like one gorilla, two baboons, three mandrills. So I'm very, very aware of all the different uh, primate species that are featured within that. I think it's number seven. Seven gibbons. gibbons. I love a gibbons. Oh, is it a gibbon or a gibbons? I think it's a gibbon. That's a gibbon. It's a gibbon. Yeah, <laughs> a gibbon. I'm pretty sure it's a gibbon. And you, last week's episode, you might be familiar with this. We talked about uh, Marvel apes, and that is all opened up by the character the gibbon, right? Who, who crosses uh, through this portal into the ape reality. So I'm actually way more familiar with the DC. Uh, primate fam- primate characters. There's way more of them. So it's who who, who did you have on for Marvel Apes? Who as a guest? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter Thomas, who's a an illustrator, unreal, uh, and he 
He's also come on to talk about uh, Hitmonkey. Oh, great. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. No idea. Uh, another Marvel one. Oh, okay, sure. So, yeah, I forget that because I, I – But I'm I, way more of a Marvel guy. But oh, interesting. Except when it comes to monkeys. Right. Because well, with DC you've got Detective Chimp, who's yep. a detective and a chimp. Um, and he has like weird ties to the multiverse. Um, and then you have uh, uh, Gorilla Grodd. One of the Flash's That's uh, a greatest big villains, um, and then there's like the like there's so many gorilla characters. One of them starts with S. One of them has like this big brain in a jar that he's in love with. There's so, so many good uh, monkey characters. I'm I'm super keen to get into the DC universe. Maybe when I'm up in Sydney, I can hang out with in your comic. Yes, yeah, no one no one loves the D- the only person that loves DC chimps more than me is Siobhan, who I do serious issues with. Awesome. Um, so yeah, in answer to your question, Gibbons, because <laughs> I went to like, Singapore Zoo earlier in the year and the gibbons are just like chilling above you at all times so this is like cute furry dudes that are like mostly orange um really really nice like docile um primate but they don't have they don't have tails they have like big hard butts hard butts but their arms are kind of like long tails almost they're they're amazing looking creatures they look made up i i I wanted to say another one because i love their faces so much but i don't know how to pronounce it like macaques. Oh yeah, the well you you'd love Hit Monkey because he is a Japanese macaque, right? Or macaque, macaque. depending on <laughs> depending on how many of uh, his ex wives. Yeah, <laughs> obviously there's it's a cuck joke. I can't, I can't I, my brain isn't working fast <laughs> enough to make it good, but just but macaque. You, yeah, you get it. <laughs> it's he's the primate that fucks your wife. <laughs> Hit Monkey, macaque, or husband, you macaque fuck. Uh, Gibbons. They're apes in the family Hylobatidae. I really should check out how to pronounce Latin <laughs> nah. stuff. The family historically contained one genus, but is now split into four genera and 18 species. Gibbons occur in tropical and subtropical rainforests from eastern Bangladesh and northeast India to southern China and Indonesia. Bloody hell. Uh, they're also called... The smaller apes or lesser apes, but uh, to me, that's rude. They're not at all lesser apes. Mm-mm. They're at least are, they, are all apes equal, Matt? Yes. Oh, good. In my heart and in my mind, uh, that's from um, this website that I use sometimes, Wikipedia. I think this is a second plug for it so far yeah. this episode. Well, I'm trying to get get its numbers up. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we can organize some sort of sponsor, sponsorship deal into the future. Anyway, back to gorillas. <sighs> so you, you don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I mean, we don't. I've got Gibbons on the mind. <laughs> we can come back to Gibbons. Billy Gibbons, you know, other musical uh, yep. people. He's Le- from ZZ Top. Les, uh, the G- Gibbons guitar. Les Gibbons. Yeah. No. <laughs> you bailed on it, which I appreciate. So you, so they came up in the late 90s. They came out sort of from a yes, hiatus so, of Blur. Well, I, I, I mean, Damon Albarn, he's a, he, he, he has a, Huge amount of uh, musical output. He's very, very um, uh, prolific. Oh, that's the word I was looking for. Um, and uh, he meets Jamie Hewlett, and even though they're fans of each other, they don't get along. But um, and then Jamie Hewlett starts dating um, the lead singer of Elastica, who used to date Damon Albarn, and so they hate each other even more. <laughs> then they break up. Oh wait, no, no, actually, no. I think no. Damon Albarn was dating the girl from Elastica, and. Damn, and Jamie Hewlett was dating someone else that he used to date. And then they both break up and for some reason move into with each other right. in the late 90s. And uh, then uh, they're watching a bunch of MTV and like 
classic, you know, Banksy-ish comments like, you know, oh, you watch this, you start to lose your mind. Music doesn't mean anything anymore. Hey, let's do a project where we prove to everyone how much it doesn't matter and make a virtual band featuring characters that you make up and that's the band. Right. And uh, and so they ended, ended up settling on the on the name Gorillaz with an AZ at the end. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so they, they drew these uh, – Jamie Hewlett drew these incredible designs for um, these uh, really unique, like pretty fucked up looking uh, uh, band members. Uh, two of them – two of the uh, members don't have eyeballs. Yeah, one of them has glowing eyes and the other one has black – one has white, full white eyes and one has full black eyes. Yeah, so 2D is the is the lead singer and he's the kind of closest analogy to Damon Albarn, I guess. Right. Like that's, you know, when you hear the voice singing – uh, in the film clip, it usually comes out of two D, right? Um, and then you have Murdoch, who is like this, like kind of like this evil genius who is kind of in in the law of the of the gorillas is kind of responsible for putting the band together. Um, Russell is an American from New York who uh, was haunted by his entire crew, was gunned down uh, in in uh, in a in a drive by, and he is haunted by all of his friends. Yes, yeah, their souls collected inside his body and that's why his eyes are like that yeah that's why his eyes start to glow yeah and then uh and then noodle um they, they put out an ad for a band member in nme and uh immediately a, a, a package from fedex showed up containing noodle who was their guitarist a 10 year old japanese girl yeah who, who can't talk except the word noodle and she had yeah she's lost her memories yeah so when I this is like this is all I knew about it when I when when I first saw the clip for Clint Eastwood, which is kind of like their certainly their first big single here the the their first song that they recorded and released as Gorillaz is called Tomorrow Comes Today, but do you remember seeing that song Clint Eastwood? Yeah, I ain't happy. Yeah, so that was yeah that was the first album. Was it? Yeah. So that's late 90s? Yeah, uh, they're like 2001. Right. So I am on my way to year 11 retreat. Yes. And uh, we, I went to a Catholic school, and so when you hit year eleven, you stop going on camps and you start going on retreats, and you stop visiting uh, areas where you might watch someone describe how people used to pan for gold, and you start <laughs> meeting priests. Yeah, yeah, yep. I had the same thing. Uh, uh, there was yeah, there'd be a. We went to a ranch retreat. It was like horses, and a chapel, <laughs> and a rope. <laughs> course yeah you still have the trappings of the camp stuff yeah. but there's a priest there for some reason yeah <laughs> yeah like but like a trying to be a cool priest yeah and like your pe teacher is like you know before you eat he gets up and tells you about like the the hardest day of his life for some reason <laughs> yeah. which is like when he went for his peas but uh he hadn't learned how to drive manual so now he drives automatic and we're like meant to relate to him now because he has he has he drives an automatic car now even though the rest of his family drives a manual it's so funny to think back to those times and, and put yourself in the mind of that teacher yeah. being like ah oh, shit all right all right let me try and think of some <laughs> t- tough tale from my past it stuck with me though i always remember that <laughs> that's amazing how that it really does work that way we had a one of our brothers i remember he played um this song, I forget who it was by. It was a one-hit wonder, and it was called "What If God Was One of Us." Joni Mitchell. Joni, oh, Joni Mitchell. Was it really not a one-hit wonder then? Um, and wait, I'm gonna. That's definitely not Joni Mitchell. Sorry, <laughs> you continue. I'm gonna look at. Um, and then he he played it in full, and we so we're watching him on the stage or whatever, listening to a song. We're Joan all, Osborne. Joan Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> very different, but very close. And then he goes, yeah. Just listen to the, and then he read out some of the lyrics again. And he's like, you know, there's a lot of meaning in that. 
What if God was one of us, just a stranger on the bus? Think about it. <laughs> like a hundred kids in front of him, like, yeah, yep, <laughs> yep. Do you remember the days of Napster where you would, um, Napster was like how we got illegal MP3s in yeah. the late 90s. Or pre LimeWire. The the, uh, the gorillas era, if you will. Um, but you would like look up an artist that you liked and people would just like mislabel other people's songs. So I remember like always wanting to find like new Weird Al songs and they'd be like, you know, all of his classics and then there'd be like a few that were like, oh, this is a bit blue for Weird Al and there was one credited to him which was a parody of that Joan Osborne song that was called What If God Smoked Cannabis? Right. Weird Al wouldn't go there. Never, never. No drug references in a Weird Al song. They they were wild times. It was a bit of a, a lottery what you were going to get. Like yeah. I'd, I'd be getting like Metallica or Pantera songs on there and it'd be like garage bands. You know, you imagine sure, yeah, yeah. people going, I'll get I'll get out there if I put mislabel myself as as this bigger band, but then what's your plan from there? <laughs> now some guy in Melbourne's heard your song, but they think, he's got nothing to do with yeah. it. You know, what do I do with that info? I like the song. Sounds different to what I, what I think of Pantera as, but all right. Yeah. That was the LimeWire years or the Napster days. Maybe it was a virtual band. Oh, my God, like Gorillaz, the exactly band we're right. talking about? Exactly. So they're going for. All right, I don't know if people have got their heads around this yet. This band are all cartoons. It yep. hasn't been done since the Archies. It probably has, but the Archies were the first cartoon band to have a number one hit with. What about the, the Hamster Dance? Oh, the Hamster <laughs> Does that count? It would have been around that time. Or the Cra- Frog. Crazy Frog, yeah. Yeah, Axel F. Dude, can you do the Crazy Frog? Like the... Yeah, I can do everything. A man of a hundred voices. Yeah, well, a thousand noises, but, you know, I go by many names. <laughs> the man of a thousand names as well. They're just two of them. Matt's another. Uh, DJ Levens, sometimes people call me that. But when? I'm like, that's... At Meredith. That's not me at all. <laughs> I didn't play Beaver. No, yeah. Normally it's with a threatening tone. I, I was the same as you, actually, you know, with all the Andrews. There was a lot of Matt's. Uh, it's Stewie. So I got Stewie, yeah. Stew Dog. <laughs> that's what a lot of people used to call me. I got Lev Dog eventually. Lev Dog, yeah. So, yeah, it works. That just seems like a pretty common thing. Just, just put a, cut d- the put surname in half. Yep. Chuck a dog on there. <laughs> Chuck a dog on it. <laughs> put a dog on it, mate. Couldn't be any more Aussie than that. Um, so, yeah, I was uh, I was on my way to retreat and um, I'd, I'd seen this clip on um, on on the weekend on Channel V or something like that, and it was yeah, like this fully animated clip, and it was the guy from Blur singing out of like this like you know dead eyed cartoon character, and then in the in the middle of the clip, the drummer suddenly rises out of him this big blue rapper, and it's the voice I instantly recognise as, as Del the Funky Homo Sapien, uh, most famous for the song Mister Dobolina. Mr. Bob Dobolina. Exactly. Another name that people have called you by <laughs> yeah, over the years. many times. Um, and uh, I, um, I was like, what is this? What is this? Oh, my God. And like, I remember like asking to log on to the internet and looking up gorillas and figuring out that it was um, a project of Damon Orban and this guy called Dan the Automator. And he was a producer that I was obsessed with in high school. Um, he's like, he basically only did one-off projects with either rappers or different producers or DJs. Was he in Peeping Tom with Mike Patton, I think? Uh, he did Lovage with, with Mike Patton. Right. Um, which was like a, like a kind of like throwback kind of romantic, uh, it was like him, Mike Patton and a singer of a band called Elysian Fields. Right. Um, and with Kikuala, um, DJing, scratching as well on it. Um, and uh, it was like, yeah, it's like kind of like throwback to like 60s kind of crooner stuff, but with like hip hop production. I've got to look into that. It's pretty good. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure a lot of these kind of 
concept albums from the 90s and early 2000s have dated pretty badly. Yeah. But yeah, Gorillaz kind of, I just thought was just another one of those things because the entirety of it is produced by Dan the Automator. He did Handsome Boy Modeling School, um, Dr. Octagon, all these kind of like fringe uh, hip hop projects that when you are getting into hip hop, it's it's amazing because it's like, oh, and they're collaborating with indie artists. So all my friends who like indie will be less judgmental of me for suddenly listening to rap, which is like my biggest problem as, totally a, as a 16-year-old. Right. Yeah. Rap, rap was uncool then still? Well, it was like we used to like make fun, like, you know, call everyone who liked rap wiggers. Right, yeah, no, that, I do Which is that. definitely problematic. Yeah, no good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, yeah, we're similar vintage and I I remember it, it probably was in the like end of high school was becoming pretty acceptable but mainly that was pretty mainstream stuff. It would be stuff like Eminem. Um, who else was big? Oh, Jurassic Five was a big Jurassic one. Five, they yeah. got they got played on Triple J um, and and that's gold. What's golden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the album before that. And then like it's not, it's pretty easy to go from Jurassic Five to Down the Automator via their producers, Cut Chemist and Newmark. Um, collaborated with DJ Shadow, as did Dan the Automator. Right. So that was like it was like this in, a massive world that had so many um, collaborations that once. And I, when I worked um, above a Borders, which is a bookstore that came from America and was open in Australia for like five years or something like that. You could be in there. You could read magazines on a couch in there. But they had an incredible imported hip hop section. Right. And so when I, you know, perfect timing, like I had a weekend job and was getting into, uh, you know, hip hop in a almost internet, like pre-internet kind of world. And so I would just like, I remember looking at the back of every CD and seeing the produ- producer credits. And if I ever saw like, yeah, Dan the Automator or Cut Chemist or DJ Shadow, um, I would get it. And so that's how that's how I initially got into hip hop. And then that eventually led me to good hip hop. But uh, at the time, this was like my favorite kind of shit. So Gorillaz, I thought was just another uh, big collaboration. And it was, but I thought it was like a one-off thing that Dan the Automator had brought on. But in, in actuality, it was... Damon Albarn and Jamie Hewlett, and they Damon Albarn got Dan the Automator to produce this this one album. Uh, you had a few um, members of, of sorry, a few people, frequent collaborators of Dan the Automator join uh, join them on the Gorillaz album. So Kikawala does some scratching on it. He's a Canadian DJ. Um, uh, you have yeah Del the Funky Homo Sapien. He just done Deltron Thirty Thirty with Dan the Automator. This is just I'm just like rattling off like weird. These could be Marvel apes for all Matt Matt knows. <laughs> Um, I mean, are these nearly all of these names ring bells, but I'm not connecting them to any firm musical memories. But I, I, I know the I know the words. Um, Kid and- Koala. So it's interesting. Yeah, Kid Koala is much like um, a tank girl. A couple of a Canadian koala and a- yeah, and he also drew his own comic books. In fact, he two of his albums are a comic book with a soundtrack of him doing like turntablist weird fun noises. But the final member um, of of Gorillaz, um, Noodle. Uh, is on the first album was voiced by someone called Miho Hattori. And she was, and this is going to open up another massive path of music that I used to love when I was in high school. She was in a band called Chibo Mato, um, and they were signed to the Beastie Boys label Grand Royal. Um, and at one point, Sean Lennon was in um, Chibo Mato as well. And so she's a Japanese vocalist. And so she does all of Noodle's vocals on the first album of Gorillaz. So the best, most Best known one is the 19-2000 song. Yep. You got the cool. Do, 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 Here do, you do. go. That's that's her singing. singing that's yeah. yeah. That's been in my head all day. It's a, it's one of the best songs off that first album. Yeah, it's a it's a good tune. So that album comes out, and I and I find the so I find the, the Clint Eastwood single on the way to that Year Eleven retreat, and um, 
we've all got Discmans. And so like that gets passed around. It's like four songs or something like that. And then of course, back then, like, you know, it would be like $5 or 10 bucks to get a single, uh, $20 if you're an idiot like me who used to buy import singles from Red Eye. Um, but the best thing about all of the Gorilla singles in the lead up to their album is that there was um, like great artwork and stickers and like the branding, even just the logo of Gorillaz I thought was really cool. But when you put the CD in your computer, it was like an interactive CD-ROM. And I remember one of them had like a tour of Kong Studios. Um, Another one had all these like fake interview cartoons with all the members. And it was just all this like really cool lore that um, didn't really tell you much of a story, but it did kind of give you a little bit of character information behind the people who have supposedly made this this music. And that all sort of... um connects up through the film clips they continue the story that's along. right yeah yeah which features like jamie hewlett's animation um like designs in like these fully animated uh cartoons so they've at the, so what have we got up to the band sort of formed um noodles just been delivered in yep. a package and they they play together we should say so um the reason for uh russell's glowing eyes is because he's got the souls within him yep but the reason for 2d's black eyes is because Murdoch drove a car into his face, and then that's how he lost one eye. And then he then he was in a car accident with which, in which Murdoch was the driver, trying to impress some girls. Yeah, and uh, and he, yeah, he he lost his other eye in that. He, so he, apparently he has like some weird condition where he's like, his uh, the blood vessels have burst in his eye. So all you can see is he can see fine. It's a bit blurry, but we can only see the, the yeah, black big black eyes. Yeah. So then, um, and then they're recording out of Kong. So they've got f- is it four phases that we're up to at the moment. So this is only like this is just the first the first album. I mean, um, which I, I loved um, when I was when I was uh, in in late high school. I, I think it was a it was a weird album because it was only like two hip hop songs on it. The rest of it was like you know this kind of experimental, more electronic sounding uh, Damon Albarn from Blur, just kind of doing weird stuff. But I was just obsessed with Gorillaz, and I bought every single single import singles. I then bought an album that collected all of the B-sides from the singles that I already had called G-sides. And then I've um, got a uh, a dub version of the Gorillaz album called Laker Come Home, and it was like a reggae and dub version of the Gorillaz album. And these are all on Apple Music and, and Spotify now if you want to listen to them. We are just talking about Laker the other day. Yeah. Oh, the other episode about Laker the dog, Russian dog who's... Gone out to space and never come back. Apparently, there's a comic book character based on it called Cosmo. Cosmo, yeah, yeah, in Mutton's a Marvel one, yeah. Bloody hell, you know everything about everything. <laughs> Is that would that be fair to say? Uh, no, just like this specific era of 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 of, of hip hop and music, indie rock and hip hop. It's very like it'll never leave my my head for some reason. And uh, and then comic books. It's the formative years. That's probably why we need to somehow have a video game connection. I was very upset that I wasn't able to do Donkey Kong, but I would have gone way more obscure. Then, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, listening a- to that, I was like, why aren't they talking about the Game Boy Advance one where you control uh, <laughs> the left and right hand of Donkey Kong as he goes, jumps up and down the oh, pegboard? You would have found the Donkey Kong episode very frustrating. We did not delve <laughs> deep into it at all. <laughs> but we did learn about the Popeye connection. You should so. play uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Beat, which is one that you, uh, it's a platformer, just like the, you know, the Donkey Kong Country games, except you uh, control Donkey Kong by using conga drums. That like sounds you, sick. If you hit both, he jumps. If you go on the, on the left, on the right one, yeah, it's incredible. You want to come back and next time and do a do a deep dive into Donkey Kong? You I mean have it, so Evan? so many monkey. So I have so much monkey love. It's almost a shame that we chose something that doesn't actually involve monkeys. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I, I genuinely, in my head, all that I was remembering the cartoons of of them being gorillas. Yeah, like. 
So there was a lot of monkey imagery, and then that. So the the dub album I was talking about was a collaboration with a group called Space Monkeys. So there's a it's a monkey reference for you. Yes, but uh, the, the, the that first album sold really well, and um and the it was really really popular, and so they worked out how to like turn it into a live show, and so they would perform with like holograms. Um, and they did like a tour of the States where like, yeah, Damon Albarn and the band would perform behind a screen and then there would be projections of the cartoons performing. I never, I never got to see it. I would have loved to have seen it. Well, they're about to go on to another tour. Maybe they've just started a current tour in it. And I read one headline, didn't click on the body link, but it said uh, might be their last tour for 10 years. Yeah, right. Well, so there have been massive hiatuses, hi- hiatai. Um, uh, in between all their all their acts, Demon Days is their second album, and that was that's probably their most popular. It has yeah. the Feel Good Ink song, which was definitely their biggest. Is hit. That was De La Soul. Yeah, and so this is where I stopped being as into them because that one um, they stopped working with Dan the Automator as producer, um, and then they start working with um, Danger Mouse, uh, who was most famous for doing the when, Gray uh, album. That's right, the Gray album, which was the mashup of the Black album by Jay Z and the White album by the Beatles, which sounds is actually a lot better than that sounds like it should be. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, and it got big because that was just a bootleg thing. Bootleg right? thing, yeah. It, it was it was enormous. It blew, it blew up. And then he didn't he end up doing he paired up with uh, Shins Man to do um, Shins Man, the shit guy from the Shins. Oh uh, right, okay, sure. I mean, his the, his most popular project outside of Gorillas was Niles Barkley with CeeLo. Oh, no. Yep. Um, and then, he, yeah, he's done a project with uh, Mr. Shins as well. Right, cool. You can look it up. Mr. Shins, Change of House. <laughs> uh, but I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, every Gorillaz album is going to be Damon Albarn working with another pro- uh, a producer and it will be like this very kind of singular thing. Um, but they just kept expanding how many guests would be on each album. Um, and I think Demon Days is cool. It's like, you know, the song with De La Soul it makes total sense for them to show up when they do on that song. There's a song with um the dude from Happy Mondays, that Dare song. Oh, yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's there. Um, Broken but, uh, Bells. That's the... What's it called? Broken Bells. Broken Bells. I've never That's listened Danger to that. Mouse and uh, James Mercer from The Shins. Good stuff. Yeah, I think I like some of it a lot. But, yeah. I mean, if you, it's, yeah, it's probably as you'd expect it to be. It's still pretty Shinsy. When did you mellow down from Pantera to <sighs> Mr. Shins? It was, I, I still, I have a foot in both camps these days. Two words, Levens, Garden State. <laughs> yeah, no, well, no doubt that would have been, that probably was, I did like that movie at the time. Like, I haven't seen Natalie, it since. Natalie Porter, Portman famously. Uh, in like, the doctor's waiting Yeah, tells, tells Zach Braff to listen to the shins, it'll change his life or something like that. And I, yeah, I think that scene probably changed the shins life because. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think that was already an old song at that point, but it. I'm pretty sure it was like kissing the lupus. Is that one? Was it, it was. Um... <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> For someone, the person who does care is yelling at their. Okay, iPod. Google Google Garden State Shins. Get off Wikipedia. He loves Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get it up. People should <laughs> check it out. New slang. New slang. Okay, sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, it'll change your life. <laughs> Listen to this. That's the second best listen to this scene in, in film. The first being, of course, Back to the Future. Oh, of course. Yep. So you've jumped you jumped off. And that you jumped off and this is classic DJ Levens. <laughs> when a band is getting big, they're too big for Levens. No, I definitely liked their biggest album. So you can't claim tall poppy syndrome. This isn't like when I jumped off the Powderfinger train in two thousand and two, Matt. So you, you jumped off Powderfinger, what, Odyssey number five? Yeah, yeah. Fucking oath. Yeah. I loved uh DAF. 
Yeah. Cascading Down, whatever that song was. Yeah, DF. And uh, I, I was right into uh, something about Jesus. JC. Oh, that was a great song. That was a great yeah. song, yeah. And uh, the one about Ray Martin. Is that you again, Ray? Oh, yeah, that's a good song. But then these days, yeah. get out of here. I mean, it was beautiful. <laughs> uh, you know what was beautiful? The Hoods covering it. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Was that for a Triple no, J it's, thing? It's the, no, the, the, in that their biggest song, Hilltop Hoods, they sing... These oh. days turned out. Oh, no, it's real bad, right? But imagine oh. that. With, imagine that with the Adelaide Symphony Orchestra. That Monday night footy with my hoodie at the high dive. Or something what? like that. I remember. Look, I I, I could lay down some. <laughs> uh, so you jumped off anyway. That bit's getting cut for sure. You jumped off. <laughs> no. <laughs> you jumped off at their peak. Have you dipped back in since? Have you been following the the lore at all? Yeah, well, so I kind of I always loved the cartoons and and I loved all J- Jamie Hewlett's uh, drawings. A friend gave me a book called The Rise of the Ogre, which is which came out just after Demon Days, and it was like just that little bit too late. And I was like, oh, this is cool, but I don't care about reading these fake interviews with um, with these cartoon characters. And then recently uh, on the Planet Broadcasting Great Mates Group. Um, of which I am the, the admin. Uh, Dadmin, right? Dadmin, sorry. Uh, uh, there was a Gorillaz thread and I kind of piped in and was like, you know, oh, I used to love those first two albums, but I, there's something about how how many collaborations there were. Like, you know, the, the, the album Plastic Beach, which I've since gone back and listened to and I really like, but there's like every single song has two to three guest artists on it. Right. And it became less this kind of like... Uh, strange and kind of like unified concept album to them just being like this big pop project that Damon Albarn was doing. It's just this very different thing to what to what I signed up for. Right. Well, I think it sounds like their new album has gone back to the... Well, yeah. It's like it's very sparse in terms of collaborations. Yeah, which is... But still has a fucking Snoop Dogg collaboration. Like the world is good for Snoop Dogg collaborations. <laughs> I don't understand why people keep going like, you know who needs more money? Snoop yeah. Dogg. He needs more of that white money. He <laughs> does do it. He would have more feats than anyone else, I reckon. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Loves the feat. There are some good ones, but it is just like... I don't need to hear him on a, on a summer day. What are you thinking? Are you thinking uh, Candy Girl or whatever by... California uh, Girls. California Girls. By Katy Perry. That's a good one. Yeah. That's that's big. Yeah. Daisy Duke's bikinis on top. Great. Uh but uh <laughs> he actually shows up on the on the on this out on that new album. So does De La Soul. They can't do a they can't do a I mean, it was, I, can't remember, I was listening to a whole bunch of recent gorillas today and there's a De La Soul song. I'm like, why do they keep doing songs that it just gets progressively worse and worse, their collaborations post uh Feel Good Inc., in my opinion. They've also played a Meredith, much like you. Did they play a Bieber song? song? Uh, no, they didn't. So Geelong was happy about it. Yeah, Geelong was right into it. Um, they, um, so when they have these collaborations, are they, how do they make that work with the four-piece cartoon band? So they went on this massive tour, and this is where, like this is just after Plastic Beach, which was their third album, um, and they had like so many guests. They had rappers. They had the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble from New Orleans. Oh, they had cool. so many like different performers and and, and, and uh and musicians on stage, and Jamie Hewlett, of course, you know, half of the backbone of Gorillaz, um, said there's, there's quotes where he thought his role in the group was getting smaller and smaller, and he even felt that the screen in which his animations are getting projected on were getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And he checked and uh, and, and learnt that they they weren't. They were the same size they've always been. But, um, yeah, they uh, like he basically, like, they had a – Gorillaz split for – and that's why we have this – very, very long hiatus between 2000 and 2010 and 2016 or something like that. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. And then in the, in the, in the, there's all these film clips in there and because they, they, they tell the story of the of, of the band via film clips and, and this, this book that I was given, The Rise of the Ogre, which I learned is actually worth heaps of money because it's out of print now. But I'm going to hold on to it, man. Because yeah. now I like gorillas again. Yes, you're um, back in. Because I shared a video with you, which was shared in that in the Great Mates group. Um, and it's this incredible, like, just explanation of all the lore. Yeah, and, real fast-talking American man. And none of the boring history like I've been talking about of, like, who produced this and who collaborated with who. It's all of this fictitious um story of how the characters met, met and what they were doing between each album because the gorillas in like the, the the four of them break up after each album and then there's these great stories of how they found each other again before recording another album yeah like uh, at one point in um a few years in noodle goes missing uh and but uh murdoch has a little bit of a dna so he creates a, a robot yeah cyborg cyborg version of her um, and then, so she's in the band for a while, but then we find out that the real Noodle's out there still. Yeah, and and Russell leaves for a while, and, and then he just walks back to Plastic Beach Which through is the a ocean. Little, and Plastic Beach is an island. Like, they leave Kong's studio and set up, uh, Murdoch sets up a new base on this rubbish island in the middle of the ocean, which he paints pink yep. or orange. And it looks like a little sort of almost like in a little oasis in the middle of the sea. The clips are amazing because every um, clip chooses a, diff- chooses a different style of animation. They've had like, you know, very 3D looking, classic cartoon, really scratchy cartoon, almost claymation looking stuff. It's they, they, that's like they're still my favorite thing about it is the, 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 the medium of the cartoon that they use. And it's so weird to me that they haven't had a movie or a TV series or a like, comic book. Like, Yeah, that is weird. You'd think a comic book at least, but it does sound like... There's maybe a TV show in the works. Um, I read maybe next year even. Yeah, I, but they haven't got a studio or anything involved. It's just something they want to do, right? But they were meant to do a movie, like at the height of their, like in between Demon Days and Plastic Beach. But they just kind of didn't because they started meeting with Hollywood types and uh, we turned the off the idea. Of yeah. yeah, damn. Yeah, it feels like they should be able to make it happen. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's it's you know all the laws there, the characters are set up, the fan base is there. They have an amazing soundtrack. I think maybe my favorite thing about all that lore was the uh, uh, Russell, the drummer. Yep. Um, when he, yeah, like you were about to say, went to walk through the ocean and then swim to Plastic Beach, this island in the middle of the ocean. He uh, in- inhales in- his toxic waste and becomes gigantic. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then so like for an entire album, he's just enormous and lies on top of their house. <laughs> yeah, so- he's big for quite a while. And then I did... I think I was half zoned out, but then he ended up in North Korea. He gets captured by North Korea. They think he's the equivalent of their Godzilla. Um, and then uh, because he's so malnourished while in North Korea, he re- he returns to his regular size and they release him. It's so silly and fun. Yeah. And then Murdoch is like this awful dude who's just responsible for all the bad shit that happens to all of them, especially 2D. Um, and... Uh, so when when you asked me, uh, you know, what do you want to do? I was going to suggest uh, the character of Mojo Jojo from uh, Powerpuff Girls. 
Um, and uh, he's like, he's one of my favorite cartoon villains. Um, he's a monkey with an enormous brain. He's one of the bad guys in, in Powerpuff Girls. And he has a brilliant, brilliant voice uh, actor. Um, but I actually do get to talk about him briefly in this because uh, there is a really funny and strong connection to Powerpuff Girls with the gorillas now. Um, actually, 2D wears a Mojo Jojo t-shirt in uh, in one of their like promo stills from like very early on in their career. But in like the law now, Murdoch has like been imprisoned. Um, and so they've replaced him with uh, a, a new member who, who, pl- who plays bass now. And the new member is an, a Powerpuff Girls like C-list villain called Ace. Really? Like the gangrene gang. And he's like this like greaser dude with like green skin. And he's just in the in gorillas now. I love shared universes so much. Me too. Yeah. And, and there's like references in that new clip where it's 2D kind of like skating around. And if you know, if you watch that new clip, he has white eyes now because he is happy now that Murdoch's not in his life anymore. Oh, so the blackness was. I love that's so cool. Yeah, it's so such fun lore. And if you really want to get into it, I'll, I'll look up who who made. It. I sent you the the, the links. Yeah, I'll it. put it out in the um, on the social media after this. But it's insane. It's it, so it's so long. The, the lore is incredible. It's deep. long, and it's and they jump around like they they'll throw something away and just change it back. Or whatever. Yeah, they rewrite their own histories a lot. If they're not, yeah, if it's not working anymore. It looked like in the video I talked about, um, I think it was the end of maybe phase three, um, they, for whatever reason, cancelled the end of it. So yeah, they didn't it, do the last film clip. So there was an arc that was coming to a close and they just didn't do it. But this, the guy who put together this video found the... Um, found Flicks is the account. Found Flicks. And he, and he found the... Uh, the um, the flicks flicks and the um the concept art for that film clip so he he sort of talked walked us through what it would would have been but then they sort of back retconned it and started again yeah it's it's crazy and i I, that video is so amazing it's made me fall in love with the project so much more than i ever have now i think i really want want to rewatch all the clips and follow the story for myself and actually read that book my friend gave me ages ago instead of putting it on ebay (laughs) yeah take it down (laughs) <laughs> um, even though I'm got the winning bid so far, but um, who's your who do you reckon is your favorite member? Fictional uh, Noodle was originally because I was a massive Miho Hattori fan. Um, Chibamato, one of my favorite bands of that era. Um, and she has lost. She she did a Bossa Nova album with um, Smokey Robinson, the uh, Bex guitarist. Yeah, Smokey and Miho. Um, she's awesome. She's got so many great releases, and I, I just like because she was associated with that character. Uh, Noodle was always my favorite, but. I think Russell as well, because Dell was associated with that character, and Dell was like one of the one of his friends who was killed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So he <laughs> yeah. was one of the he was one of the souls that, and that's why Dell's um, when he collaborated, that was coming out of the Russell character. Yeah, and then so Dell isn't on the second album, and they explain that like there's a the Grim Reaper severs Dell's connection with Russell, and that's why they, he does, he doesn't like you know it wasn't a contractual thing. It was the Grim Reaper's fault, right? And it, but his eyes still glowed, even though he yeah, got yeah. the souls taken away. I love it. It's so I, I. It's one of those things where it's like you know this very cool looking, often funny, uh, visual behind you know what is predominantly known as a music project, but especially when laid out in this video, like the the realization of how deep the lore goes and how how uh, amazing the storytelling is through those clips is is really really surreal. Every every phase seems to have a new villain as well. Yeah, which is a fun thing. So there were, I guess the Grim Reaper was the villain briefly, um, but then there was 
uh, sort of like the like the uh, the loser fifth horseman from the that's right yeah the yeah. four deadly horsemen of the apocalypse and he was flatulence flatulence yeah so they'll just do real dumb jokes sometimes as well which is funny like it's it's almost like they're taking it seriously sometimes and then they'll do something like that and you're like oh no that this is all just some just a bit of fun because the lyrics I mean certainly not on my like there's a few there's a one song about electric jellyfish or something um, which is kind of funny but beyond that like it's mostly like very serious lyrical content. Um, so you don't get that humor through the music itself. It's all additional through the clips and back matter. I did read that. Um, th- I don't know if it was a theory or if they've actually said this, but they like a, a lot of the serious lyrical content. Um, that's part of the reason why they like the idea of the cartoons because it's a way to make it more palatable for for younger generations to hear these kind of yeah. It's it's pretty dark. Dark lyr- themes, yeah, and it's you know he's, he's, it's a very morose sounding uh, Damon Albarn for the most part. Um, a lot of these kind of like sad falsetto, um, but this new album that that lead single for it is like very very upbeat and fun and funky, and I think that's just because Murdoch isn't in the band anymore, right? Yeah, is it, so that's why they killed him off because it's, it's... no, no, he's, no he's, he's in prison. Oh, and, prison. And there's, there's actually a thing on Facebook where you can chat with him, and you can basically. In order to help him, he can't escape, but you can help him get more respect in prison. And you do that by like doing like this mad lib um, of uh, like where you put in text to insult one of the higher up criminals in prison there. And like as his as his respect goes up, like yeah, you can you can help him out. Oh, that's so funny. I I did read part of an interview with him from prison about the new album as well, which is interesting. Like I was um, one of the one of the big websites. It's funny how they play, they'll play along with it. Just um, even though they, you know, why wouldn't they be like, Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. This, this, this thing, which clearly isn't real. Yeah. But they just play it off. Like it's entirely real, which is fun. It adds to it. Everyone's in on the joke. That's why it's so good. What's that website? And it's very surprising that there aren't lots of copycats as well. Like, you know, why that we haven't seen different genre takes on the gorillas idea. Yeah, there was that artist Cutie a while ago, which is like a virtual reality singer, but that was a lot more kind of underground. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's got to have been others, but certainly not on the same level as Gorillas. No, I th- I'm sure there's a metal. There's a metal. Oh, metal Localypse. Metal but, but they had their own TV show that was right. spinning out of that. Right. Um, what's his name? Uh, Brendan Small, who's like a who was a voice artist and comedian, but also like a guitar obsessed metalhead. Um, and they, I mean, if you like that kind of music, it is actually like really well put together. The Metalocalypse stuff. You listen to that much? Much? Uh, no, I've just seen a few clips that are around on social media. But... Another suggestion because Metalocalypse is an Adult Swim show. One of my favorite Adult Swim shows is Venture Brothers. Oh yeah, uh, you'd love that show. It's uh, anyone listening right now would love it. I, I don't think there's anyone in the world who would not love Venture Brothers. It's one of the. I've never even heard of it. I don't it's think. so good. It's um, it's like a, it started out as a parody of like Johnny Quest. And uh, Hardy Boys, but now it's like kind of like it becomes like this kind of show about failure and uh, and living up to your expectations of your family lineage and stuff like that. <clears throat> but it's also like you know a superhero comedy. Yeah, great. Where, where do you where do you find that in Australia? Uh, you can buy it on iTunes. Sick. Um, and that's where, the, where you can get the best the best uh, quality versions. But you can, if you live in America, you can stream it pretty much the entire thing for free. On the Adult Swim website, but there's a uh, a great ape, a few a few monkey characters in there. One of them is called King Ape, and there's a great scene where he's basically like the the king of this prison, and he's like this big uh, funny gay ape um, who uh, is sent 
like men as bribery. Um, it's like it's sent him like a man-shaped cake, and uh, they're saying like, like he's like, it's not marzipan, it's tarzipan. <laughs> That's, That's all good I remember. Stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> um, we're probably running out of time. You got to you got to go DJ a big event. Mm-hmm. As I mean that Meredith, be, I could say they're that any back. Yeah, are they? I could say that about you any day of the week, though, right? Uh, I mean, yesterday, if you said that, I was DJing at a, a 90s long lunch in Sydney for predominantly 60-plus people, and every 90 seconds they were complaining about the music being too loud, so I couldn't even hear the music I was playing. So yesterday, maybe not so much. Tonight, That's a good gig, right? Yeah. You're just getting paid to stand there. Well, imagine if you were doing a, a, a stand-up gig, uh, but- unmiked. And you had to whisper. Yeah, that would be. That's more brutal, right? You're, <laughs> that's definitely more brutal. Well, but then people are just like, why is that guy talking to himself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> could you just? Sorry, you could you just turn your jokes down a bit? They're disturbing our con- uh, our conversation. Yeah, all right. Maybe that doesn't that doesn't sound great, but um, I imagine you wouldn't have taken you long before you got onto the great mates Facebook group and just started scrolling through all the great chats. Yeah, so just just. Like deleting people's posts. That's what I do when I'm bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the last few episodes, I've been trying to um, get the guests to rename uh, the uh, the band. Well, in the past, the movies, but this week, the band. What if you could rename them? What would? What do you think would be more appropriate name for Gorillas? Seeing as they're not Gorillas. Yeah. Well, they actually put out an album called Humans, so they've already beaten us to what the, I think they could be called. Humans is right with a Z. Yeah. Uh, that was last year, right? And there was there actually was a band like an Aqua ripoff in the nineties called Cartoons with a Z. Oh, damn it! Um, There's not a lot of options left. I think I think Gorillas, even though you know it, it, they're not Gorillas, I think you know if you, the, the other spelling of Gorilla definitely plays a big factor of what they are. They're kind of punk beginnings and almost the, the punk idea behind the concept. Do you know why they went with Gorillas? Uh, I'm sure I glossed over it. It wasn't as interesting as you would hope. Yeah. It sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, it well, does. Would it you is. rename them something else? No, certainly not. <laughs> I'll, I'll never. <laughs> well, yeah. What, now, about the, what about the shins? The shins. The, the, the yeah. shins too. Shins too. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> they are. You know, they got a certain shinsy quality. <laughs> uh, well, that brings us um, to what is probably your favorite segment on the show. Oh, absolutely. I assume. Yeah, yeah. It is the primate sporting mascot segment, which I have to read off the screen. Because I still can't remember it, but that's a catchy name, obviously. Well, it doesn't uh, have you don't say like mascot A to mascot Z, so it's hard to remember. That's true. I need a I need a catchy word jingle. Yeah. Um. Maybe I'll think about that. If anyone's got any suggestions, please let me know. Um. <laughs> did do you, are you into sport at all? You're I'm, into everything. I'm, I'm not. But when I grew up, my parent, my grandparents used to always get me the like um, NRL uh, trading cards. Um, and uh, I loved all the mascots. That was, like, I, you know, you, you find entertainment and even the things that you don't want. So instead of looking at these hairy football players, I'd be like, oh, this is all, all the different mas- mascots. And so I have like a weird ranking of, of, of mascot, NRL mascots. Right. Have you had much NRL mascot no, discussion in here? It's all been fucking AFL. Uh, yeah, it's mainly been AFL and, and American sports. Right. What's... Uh... Yeah, because some of them are interesting, like Melbourne's team, the Storm. Well, that's not interesting. <laughs> that's like a lightning guy, right? No, no, no. It's just no. The Melbourne Storm is just a dude. Oh, so, it's... like everyone else is like an animal of some kind. Like, so I live in Parramatta, and we've got Parramatta eels, eels and so it's uh, he's Sparky, um, and so it's a, a there's a male and female Sparky, and it's a, it's a big eel with like electric currents. They're like bright blue and, and yellow, um, uh, and then obviously like you know 
most of the teams are pretty self-explanatory, like, you know, the Roosters and... Uh, I'm a Tigers the, man. Rabbitohs. So he, oh, yeah. He'd be a Tiger, I but guess. But Melbourne Storm is just, it's just a guy. It's like the Melbourne Storm and it's just a guy in like a kind of like superhero costume, but he's like just a just an ocker dude. That's such a Melbourne cop-out. There's a the Carlton in the AFL is a, a, a superhero, Captain Carlton or something like that. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's. That's no fun. But it's just so weird when everyone else has like these, you know, like animal ones. It's like, oh, you can just be a guy. I know his name is Storm Man. <laughs> oh, no. That's no good at all. A superhero whose only superpower seems to be being a classic Aussie larrikin. <laughs> Fuck. And there was another, um, they tried to make a new one um, for Melbourne Storm called just Boom. And Boom. He was, yeah. And uh, I can show you what he looks like if you want. But he sucks too. After the classic POD song. <laughs> Of course. Ready um, or not. Oh, my God. And he's like, I guess he's like a, some kind of cat. Oh, yeah, that's... Electric cat. About, I mean, that that looks like it was done... In about in, 10 minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes in a primary school art class. Um, Cronulla Sharks, you have um, rappers, MC Hammerhead and Reefy. Oh, they got three. Two. Two. Oh, okay. MC Hammerhead. Okay. Or do you think it was MC Hammerhead? <laughs> And Reefy. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's what any just sane big... person would have thought. Um, I'm trying to, the the um, Newcastle Knights is just a, a, a knight, which is pretty oh, fun. Okay. Yeah, and then the, uh, the the Canberra Raiders has a Viking, which is pretty cool too. Yeah. But animals, yeah. I mean, animals are where it's at. I like the Raiders. I like their colors and everything. They, they're cool. Yeah. Rabbitohs. I think the NRL has, we, like, I feel like the AFL, for the most part, are pretty boring animal mascots, but the NRL's got rabbits and chickens and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, real <laughs> unlikely. The uh, Illawarra Dragons, um, they have the same mascot as St. George Bank. Like, it's the same guy. Yeah. That's... Love a corporate crossover. Yeah, that's, it's that, I think that automatically makes it the worst. <laughs> yeah, that is no good. Oh, that, yeah, that's a bummer. Um, they should be... Because they're the Saints as well, right? Yeah, so yeah. they could be like my team in the AFL. But it's St. George Bank. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's too tight. I mean, as long as they're paying a lot of money, I guess. <laughs> yeah. How and much is the price of your soul? Just giving everyone in the uh, in the, in the the audience, in the crowd, just cheap loans. Oh, really? Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, maybe. I'll take, I'll take a cheap loan. Thank you. Um, maybe I'll change teams. The primate sporting mascot this week has been sent in by a listener whose name I've struggled to pronounce on the show before, I think. Uh, but I looked up a YouTube video on how to pronounce it. Just like I did with macaques, but I still wasn't sure. <laughs> well, the problem was I saw two different videos and they gave two different pronunciations. One was an American guy and he said it's Georgie. It's spelled G-Y-O-R-G-Y. But I found another video that said it's pronounced Georgie. Right. So it's one of those, I think, hopefully. Anyway, they messaged me on Instagram saying, in reference to your uh, primate mascots, I have a supporter group mascot. I give you the Seattle Sounders of the Major League Soccer and their supporters group, Gorilla FC. She found a website, uh, but it doesn't give any explanation as to why it's a gorilla. So this is, it's not even the team. So there's a team, the, the Seattle soccer team is called the Seattle Sounders, which I guess is like the Seattle Sound, like grunge. Okay. I guess. I haven't just, looked in that at all. The, their mascot is just someone in flannelette. Yeah, that's right, which is smart. If you want to cheap. get a low-key, cheap mascot. 
But then they've got a supporter group who sits in a certain part of the stand and they're an official supporter group of the team and they're called Gorilla FC. And Gorilla FC stands for Gorilla Football Collective. Right. Which is confusing to me. So I found their website. It's got no explanation why they're the gorillas. What is the costume like? Well, then it doesn't seem like anyone, they'll have flags with gorillas on them and stuff. But there's no, that's not really a mascot. Yeah, it's it's strange. Sorry, he or he. Well, look, I think they were, they were trying to help me out because I'm running very low <laughs> on options. Um, their website does say Gorilla FC is opposed to acts of racism, sexism, and homophobia. Every fan of the Sounders is welcome within our community, and we accept all who support with us. Oh, I guess they are okay after all. Yeah, it seems like they're all right. Um, so if you are in Seattle, go join Gorilla FC. <laughs> what a, they, I like, I just, I'm so confused by that. It's like having a mascot for a group of supporters that is different to your team's mascot. Maybe they were like, what is a sounder? Right. Let's just make our own actual mascot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's probably what they should, they should send a letter to the team <laughs> and say, this sounders thing is not anything. Um, we want to, we want something we can draw. We yeah. want our kids to be able to draw this. Mascots can't just be a noise. Yeah. Or like, yeah, sounders or the thing that makes this sound. So just a bunch of amps. Yeah, that's oh, actually that's really, really cool. cool. <laughs> if you have like a guy, like an amp with arms and legs, like a big, like yeah, cuddly amp. That's great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's pitch it. I, I'm going to write an email soon after we stop recording. So that's changed me. That's turned me right around. I'll get Marshall involved. Yep. Oh, that'd be the sick. Big, and then they can all stack together, yeah. and then the team run through them, <laughs> knock over the stack. Yeah. So good. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they come out. The team come out with guitars and stuff, and they <laughs> smash through. The Marshall stack, that's that's really cool. All right, I think we'll solve some problems there. Um, and here's another new segment, and I think you're going to enjoy this. It's called Circus Watch. Uh-huh. I haven't got a jingle for it, but you can imagine what one would sound like. So You are good. I was on, on the way there. All right, that's a good start. Just, if anyone wants to do it, I got you started. But I've asked people to email in to primatespod.com, no, primatespod at gmail.com if they've got any connection to Andy Circus at all because he's sort of our patron saint. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who who puts primates on the big screen. He's done King Kong. He's done the best of them all, Caesar, uh, the king of the apes. Yep. Even more so. Like, I reckon if King Kong took on Caesar, Caesar wins. Which, we'll see that before we die. I really hope so. And it'll be Andy Circus playing all parts. Yeah, how how far away from me are we from a Christmas with the Clump style movie where he plays <laughs> multiple characters? I hope I hadn't even considered that. Or like the circus verse where it's all of his characters. So you've got Gollum, you have Captain Haddock, you got uh, um, the, the dude with the, the The arm that's over that South African guy. Ulysses Claw. Oh, that was a sweet character in Black Panther. Mm. That some that um, uh, is appropriate because I I tweeted out asking if anyone had, um, had any direct connections to circus because we want to get him on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mike Sabia said he saw him in Black Panther one time, if that helps. <laughs> And obviously, it does help. That feels like it's a—it's not a big in, but that's a little. It's he's opened the door slightly there for us. So we've been, we've been talking about gorillas, who like you know, for every little reference in the in the in the music, or like you know, any reference to a character, like a website or a, or a tour of something, or like basically every everything that they mention exists somewhere online. You know what I mean? There's no flippant little references that hasn't been expanded upon by the members of the band somewhere online, right? And one of the biggest tragedies of the year, I think, is that 
um, Ulysses Claw, um, Andy Serkis's character in Black Panther, mentions that he has a SoundCloud in <laughs> in Black Panther, and we never, no one ever like created a oh. Ulysses Claw SoundCloud. Why not? That feels like that's an obvious. I can't time. believe we have like a, like a weird kind of like Atari Teenage Riot or um, kind of noise. Andy Serkis making like weird noise rap. Oh, that should happen. Should exist. Have you considered doing that? Because that would go big. I'm sure someone tried. I think it's just like, no, it's not circus. I'm, I'm out. Right. It needs to be actual circus. So, I mean, you could take Caesar sounds from Rise no, of the Planet of the Apes maybe. I reckon circus is a bit mad, right? Mm. I actually want to see what kind of music he would put together. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait it out. Okay. Well, maybe that's part. Of, if we ever get him on, we'll yep. ask him, please, please make that sound cloud. <laughs> claw, in the style of claw. I was looking for a fact because last week uh, the fact because in in lieu of any real direct connections, mm. um, I'm just filling the time and circus watch with some facts. Last week, I read that he has sex four to five times a day. What? Uh, this week, like the, in character, I I don't know. Like he has sex with with himself playing a, a mate. I mean, I I didn't I didn't get the chance. So I, that's another question I might put to him. Um, I believe it's Wait, just. this is his, a fact that he... I believe so. I read an, uh, a headline to an article. I, sh- I really should <laughs> click on these links. I'm going to do that before next week, maybe. Um, this is a this is a fact, a less exciting fact. This is a quote from him uh, listed on IMDb. It says, "I do feel incredibly liberated when I'm inside another's skin." Basically, and so method does afford you that hugely. So that links to him having sex with. Well, it doesn't necessarily being in someone else's skin. That's not what I was. I. That's what I'm. I'm one. Of, I've. I've. I've been in the mind of circus before. I know what he's mean. Talking wow. about. I genuinely wasn't even connecting those two. Do you think? Yeah. This circus verse just got a little bigger <laughs> in my pants. Um. Oh. And uh, <laughs> another little edit there. Um. I think. Um, before we go on to, at the end of the show, we go through some patrons on the uh, Do Go On Podcast Network's Patreon. Uh-huh. Uh, we go through a few of the patrons' favorite primates. Because it's grown so much now that you can't just keep them in Do Go On. You have to- no, they're on Do Go On now. They're on Book Cheat as well, Dave's oh, yep. uh, book podcast. Um, but before we do that, I'd love to hear what, where are you at with gorillas? What, what kind, how would you rate their career so far? Give them a score out of bananas somehow. Yep. Well, okay. So I, uh, I threw out the peel. Let's just say I enjoyed the fruit that they that they released in uh, the early two thousands, and then I tossed the peel away uh, in, in in a bin. And then upon discovering that they have actually been releasing quite a lot of good music and all this lore that I had no idea existed, I've slipped on that very <laughs> banana peel, Matt. Slip back in. Yep, I'm slipped right back in, and I'm 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 a, I'm a because of this podcast and because of like you know recent kind of re-listening. I'm absolutely a Gorillaz fan again. It's this is definitely because I was a super casual listening. I've listened through their back catalogue over the last few days, and um, I couldn't believe how many songs of theirs I know. They've got so many hits mm-hmm. that have just seeped in, you know, but so many that I was unfamiliar with because I don't think I've ever sat through a whole album so. There's a there's a heap of good stuff in there. If of the four characters, your favorite is Noodles. Is that the one you relate to the most? I think I think Noodle has the coolest designs, right? Um, and and fashion. I, I think Jamie Hewlett does. I love like one of my favorite things is uh, when a very talented artist who has an eye for fashion is on a comic book. And I wish Jamie Hewlett did interiors on comics still. 
um, because he would. I just I love his his fashion designs, but it, you know it's a good seeing what what he puts together for all the characters. But Noodle always gets the best stuff. It's a pretty distinctive style. His style is yeah, it? definitely. I mean, so you, you was he influential? Uh, yeah, I mean more so in street art. I right. think a lot of like you know your bathing apes and that kind of stuff definitely took a lot of inspiration from Jamie Hewlett's cartoons and imagery. Um, but yeah, I, I would love for more more people to draw comics like him. If if I can't get him drawing comic books, someone else can do it. Now, we normally um, uh, do this thing where uh, we compare ourselves to the apes. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have any apes necessarily, but Noodle, right? Noodles. Mm-hmm. Noodle? It's noodle. Noodle. Singular. So apparently chimps and humans share about 98% DNA. Mm-hmm. How much of yourself as a percentage do you see in Noodle? Extremely low. Yeah. I think I think if I, anyone knows I'm kidding myself if I say anything above 20 20%. What is that 20%? What are you? Um, so it's kind of almost like you've got well, 20% I reckon, self-love. I reckon, I reckon Noodle's favorite member of Gorillas is Noodle. Right. So that's the one thing we share. <laughs> that makes up a That's a 20% of, of her personality, personality. yep. And yeah, right. Okay. I think I I I want to be uh I want to be Russell, but I'd be low as well. I'd say probably about 25%. Yeah. And that is um You're haunted if, by the your dead friends. I'm haunted by my dead friends and if I if I swallow a lot of pollution, I do grow to the size of a giant. Um, but everything else, like uh, glowing eyes and that sort of stuff, I don't have it. Musical talent, don't have it. But Would you rather glowing white eyes or um, like deep black eyes? I think glowing white eyes. Yeah, so they, did, uh, they also didn't say anything about that affecting his vision, whereas the true, yeah. black eyes make everything a bit blurry, which I don't, I don't love the sound of. Blurry. <gasps> wow. Do you oh, think? It's an Oasis reference. <laughs> Uh, so here's some uh, some some patrons and their favourite apes. If you don't mind me going through Please. a few of these, I'd love to hear your comments on them. Yeah, of course. Maybe you critique um, their choices themselves. Uh, Brian and uh, Laura have uh, messaged in to say this from the Patreon on mm-hmm. the Do. If you go to uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Do Go On Pod. Uh, so Brian said his favorite ape is an ape named Ape from George in the Jungle, George of the Jungle, which is a movie we talked about a while ago. And he says that's his favorite because he loves a good amount of passive aggression in his primates. So you did a, you already did an episode about George of the Jungle. We did yeah? do, yeah. Watch out for that tree. We did the, uh, in particular, the uh, the Disney version from 1997 uh, with Brendan Fraser, right? Um, which was the birth of uh, a. a a probable spin-off podcast called Phrasing the Bar where we go through the <laughs> movies of Brendan Fraser, probably coming in 2019, me and Jess Perkins. Excellent. Anyway, some people are saying, is it a joke or not? And I'm not sure, but I think it's going to well, happen. Ma- Ma- we got Mike Check. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Mike Check was a direct um, inspiration for this podcast. Great. They made me realize that you can podcast, you can do whatever you like. <laughs> it was a real great realization. Uh, Laura says her favorite is orangutan, exclamation mark. Uh, they're cute and always look sad. Okay. Um, and Goodnight, Mr. Tom is my favorite book. Oh, that's not that's not relevant. That's that's the other podcast. That's the other podcast. Get book shit out of here. We hate books. Listen to Dave if you want to hear that sentence again. That nonsense. Um, thank you, Laura and Brian. And then uh, Marcos Vasquez says, Clyde the Orangutan from Every Which Way But Loose, which is another movie that I think we're going to do on here one day. says, because he is funny and all he wants is love. Well, it's actually sex, but I'd like to think it's love. All right, Marcos. <laughs> um, and then Ro- we should make Dave read that one out too. <laughs> yeah, maybe we will. I think that's only fair. And then Ross McFadzian 
uh, says his favorite primate is probably Gorilla Grodd. Oh, right. Uh, the mind-controlling supervillain of The Flash. Because A the man dis- with taste. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Finally, one that's won you over. It was the last one. Um, yeah, he, he says he, he loves how dumb the description of the character is. What would the description of the character be? What's his thing? Is he dumb? No, he's, I mean, I, the description of him, I think it might be a, a pretty wild. What description are you writing? I didn't write. I, I think if I wrote a description of Gorilla Grodd, you would be like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> All right, writer, can you write one now? Uh, the Flash's greatest primate based foe uh, who lives in the jungle but is smarter than all of his human foes and can control those same idiot foes. <laughs> that sounds cool. Thanks so much. Wow, I want to, yeah, <coughs> I'm keen to do this Gorilla Grodd. Next time we're in Sydney, we've got to do that. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so, yeah, uh, thanks to everyone who supports uh, our, our little podcast thing, uh, the Do Go On Network or whatever the hell this is, <laughs> at patreon.com slash dogoonpod. Um, but that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Definitely. I can't believe it. the guy who annoyed all of Geelong has come onto my stupid little <laughs> podcast. What a pleasure. Oh, man. It's it's Geelong's pleasure. Have, do you know how this show finishes? Uh, I, I have to admit, I've never listened like, all the way all to the, the end. Because I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going on Matt's podcast. I'll listen to as many as possible to a point. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fine. Well, the way it finishes is uh, with the catchphrase that we always finish with, which you sort of riff but we pretend like it always happens. Okay. Oh, of course. Okay. Um, anyway, thank you so much for coming in. Andrew Levins, the DJ, DJ Levins. Yep, the D me. stands for Andrew yep. and the J stands for justice. That's right. And as we always say on the Primates podcast. <laughs> which, of course, translates to um, subscribe to my podcast, please. I have five of them. Um, one of them is called Hey Fam. That's about pop culture and dumb shit, um, and that's on Planet Broadcasting. So is Serious Issues, which is a Whitley comic book podcast in which me <clears throat> and my friend Siobhan review like 50 comics a week. Um, and then I have an – if you enjoyed listening to me talk about rap, I have a podcast called Old Raps. Oh, I'm losing my voice all of a sudden. <clears throat> Just choking up at the thought of talking about rap again. I think it's your uh, Tarzan call probably did <laughs> yeah. it. Um, yeah, so um, old raps is one where every every month I choose like a label or a um, a producer or a, or an area, and I, I kind of go through like a kind of history with like full songs too. We paid for a, a special license so I can do a proper radio show uh, each month, um, and then I have one called All the Small Games, which is about indie games, and another one about food called The Mitchin. But this is the first three, first and foremost. See if you like me. Come on, I mean, wh- what's three podcasts, huh? What would be your What would be your best in on? Uh... What what episode would you recommend on one of those? Uh, maybe like a Java people like maybe past guests on here like Meso. Yeah, it- Meso and and Mrs. Sunday have done episodes of Serious Issues, but that's because it's week to week. Like you may as well listen to that just with and, and find out the brand new comics that you could be reading. Oh yeah, great. So uh, yeah, for comic book lovers, that's the one definitely. And then uh, old raps. Uh, if you liked this um, and you want to hear me talk about, uh, actually, yeah, Dan the Automator is from Oakland. And uh, and so is uh, the the opening scene of Black Panther, and I did an entire episode all about Oakland rap, um, as inspired by that opening scene in Black Panther. So it's early '90s Oakland rap. Um, I think he's from Oakland. He's definitely from San Francisco. Um, so it, it's linked. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Hey Fam is just like a mess. Like just it, it's the most. I reckon we have the most in jokes out of anyone on Planet Broadcasting. <laughs> so it's a bit polarizing at first, but you'll get used to it. You'll be fine. You guys are very funny. 
Oh, thanks. Hey, fam. That's yeah. I reckon that's one of the funniest podcasts around. Whoa. Yeah. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to big it up too much, but maybe it's the best ever. So yeah, now you know what. Um, every time Tarzan was was yelling, that's what he would. That's what he meant. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was great to have that shorthand and get those plugs in a lot of pretty big movies actually. And yeah. So thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us, Levens. Uh, if you this is something I always forget to say, but if you could, if you got time. Love you to uh, go on and uh, give the thing a five star rating. What am I trying give to say? The thing. I'm trying to. What do people say at the end go of the podcast? On, like, like, comment, subscribe. Yes. How about that? That'd be so good because um, those reviews it helps it go go up the iTunes charts or something. So if you give it five stars, I read those and they're always really they've been so nice so far. So I really do appreciate that. Um, and yes, check out all of Levens's things, and I'll put them on uh in the description here and i'll probably link to some of those uh controversy articles as well definitely sounds good thanks so much for joining me mate cheers matt podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. So you're a Marvel guy. Like, but- I, I don't know. I get, I, 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 at the moment, I like what Marvel's putting out more than what DC is putting out. And that's in print? Yeah. And on the screen? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I that's a no-brainer? No, yeah. Because I feel like I'm in this weird place now where, because I, I, I don't have a comic book background. As a kid, I didn't read them. I just didn't know they existed. Not, I didn't have friends, you know. I don't. Sure. Know. I didn't yeah. have friends who. I that's, had friends. that's pretty similar to I had me. Friends. I don't know why you're saying I don't have friends. Monkeys aren't friends. Man. Okay. All right. Bloody always get me on a technicality, but I, I'm loving it. Like since it's come to the big screen and stuff. Oh yeah, it's such so, an so easy way fun. in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I am finding now that I'm almost more excited by the new DC movies because it feels like they're so much more full of potential. But then you they they end and you're like oh yeah I mean they're often letdowns but um I don't know I feel I feel excited about Aquaman and stuff like that after seeing have you seen Venom yet that came out no. this, this week um, or, or, or many weeks ago depending on when you put this one up <laughs> yeah. um, Venom is the it's like one of the movies that Sony have done with the Spider Man license because um, they own that so they can do movies with Spider Man characters but they can't do movies with Spider Man in them because Marvel and, and then worked out a deal so that they can have Tom Holland Spider Man in the MCU, they can do animated Spider-Man movies, which we're getting um, uh, a Spider-Man into the into the Spider-Verse animated movie at the end of the year. And I'm I'm hoping for your sake, there's a Spider-Monkey in there. Well, Spider-Monkey is from uh, Marvel Apes, right? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Um. And uh. But yeah, Venom is just like it's Tom Hardy and an entire cast and crew who don't want to make a Venom movie, but Tom <laughs> Hardy really fucking wants to make a Venom movie, oh. and he is electric. <laughs> Oh, right. It's like the most, it, the first half of it is so boring and then it just turns into the most insane off the walls. There are, there are scenes in it, particularly this one scene in a restaurant that I think are like Scorsese tier scenes of method acting. But then it's also him like talking to this like evil voice in his head that is also him with an right. effect on his voice and he's always on edge. And So 
What do you like it? I loved it. Oh, that's great because yeah. I haven't heard anyone be positive about. No, it. No, I really hope they make a sequel to it because oh. it's just so it's it's insanely stupid. But we 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 need some of these movies to be stupid. It's a it does feel like a great storyline. I love I love the idea of it. The well, symbiotes. Yeah, yeah, but Spider Man is a, obviously a big part of that story. He's just not in it. So <laughs> it's such a weird way to start a new. What they're trying to do is start a new universe, right? Yeah, but and but so before this movie came out, I was like, "Fuck off, Sony! Give it, give the, all the licensed stuff back to Marvel. Let them do it." you know in the mcu and now after seeing this i'm like i'll go for broke yeah like just make the most insane movies like make tom hardy the the like linchpin of this universe he can direct the next ones get him to make sure everyone has the same amount of energy that he does and just make it the most insane so he's on he's on board i mean that oh my god but then like he apparently like there's interviews where he's like oh they cut out 40 percent of my favorite scenes from the movie like he's like mad puppeteering. <laughs> Damn it! But uh, so I want to see it. Release the Hardy cut. Is that that'll happen, right? They release so many different versions. I've kind of stopped doing that. Are now. the teeth rubbery or are they sharp? Uh, the the costume is a disgusting mess. I saw someone describe it as a um a bin bag covered in the goop inside a Cadbury Cadbury Cadbury, Cadbury cream egg. <laughs> Yum. Yeah, uh, and it's it's not far off what that. It's just like a, a a gross mess, but that kind of adds to how insane this movie is. Right. It's 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 it it feels like it's a movie that escaped the black hole for, through a black hole in the like the late nineties, early two thousands when Hollywood didn't know how to make a superhero movie yet. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, it took a bunch of drugs on its journey to twenty eighteen. And it's way crazier than those movies ever were. Have you talked to... I mean, we're way off topic, but have you talked to anyone else who's into it? Well, Angus and I, we, we reviewed it as soon as we saw it for Hey Fan, which is up now, and we felt pretty similarly about it. Uh, the general consensus is that it's awful, but it's done... I think it's going to make back its budget and then some. So hopefully we get a we get a sequel. That's so cool. I'm going to go see that now. And there's, the, the, there's a final cut, like a final uh, post-credit scene which is a extended look at the Spider-Verse movie coming at the end of the year. Have you seen any of the trailers for that? Uh, the spot, I saw a little clip of the that. animation is so unique and awesome. And that's yeah, it like, looks weird. I reckon that, different. Could, that could be like in a year that gave us like Infinity War and Black Panther, I think that could be the best superhero movie of the year. Wow. Just because it's so different. I mean, I don't even understand. Like, yeah, it's confusing to me what why it exists or how it exists. But yeah. Weird contracts and deals from the past. Yeah, it's such a Marvel's cinematic contracts must be the most confusing bits of legal paperwork. And so there are like different Spider characters from all out the universe, right? And they all come to Miles Morales's universe in this in this movie. And so you have like an older version of Peter Parker from another um, universe, (laughs) and there's a a version of where Gwen Stacy, but she becomes Spider Woman, and so she's in this too. But then there's a character from the comics called Spider Ham, and it's a pig who is a sp- who has spider powers, and he's voiced by John Mulaney. Is that? Oh wow! Yeah, I- and it's and it's so perfectly cast. He has two lines in the latest trailer, and she's like, "Yep, this is so good." Was this before or after the Simpsons had Spider Pig? Uh before he's existed. Before then, I think. Right. So yeah, the yeah. Simpsons kind of ripped him off. I don't even know. Ah. Oh. I would have been. I don't know how. What I would have preferred. There. there is always the Simpsons did it defense for, for everything, <laughs> but I think in this case, Spider Ham existed before Simpsons did it. Wow, there you go. Homer ripped him off. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.